This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. You take vitamin D in these higher risk settings for influenza, read multiple human studies, 8, 10, show you're going to reduce the risk of getting the flu by about half. And if you get it, duration and severity are also reduced if you're taking the vitamin D. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Bussin, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll discuss how to avoid viral and bacterial infections. We'll learn how to MacGyver a home gym. We'll hear how to create a dine-out experience at home. And lastly, we'll explore creating social connectedness. But first, a little bit of business. Keeping your immune system strong and stable is important to staying healthy. New Roots Herbal offers vital antioxidants and immune-boosting supplements to keep you at your best. Discover Resilience Mushroom Blend, powerful green tea extracts, and their best-selling vitamin C8 formula. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. And for more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Naturopathic Dr. Philip Rochatis graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2004, preceded by an honors undergraduate degree and master's of science degree, both in nutritional sciences from the University of Guelph. Philip practices at the Bolton Naturopathic Clinic in Bolton, Ontario, with his wife, Dr. Heidi Fritz. His areas of clinical focus include mental health, autoimmune disease, and metabolic syndrome. He also serves as an associate professor at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, responsible for the delivery of the second-year curriculum in clinical nutrition. Welcome back to The Tonic, sir. How are you? Thank you for having me, Jamie. It's a treat to be here. So let's start with the obvious elephant in the room, and that is COVID-19. We keep hearing to wash hands and remain six feet apart, but there are still people out there who may not be taking it as seriously as they should, right? I always start a discussion like this with what we call the three A's of disaster preparedness. So number one is awareness. I would find it hard to believe that at this point there's a Canadian citizen or a global citizen not aware of what's going on. We have a pandemic and it's taking people's lives. Then we talk about avoidance, and that is our social distancing and hand-washing and sanitization, etc. And then the third A is action. Beyond the social distancing and hygiene, is there anything we can do to try to mitigate risk? So before we move forward, I need to make the obvious very clear. We can't really have data on this specific virus yet because it's new. Yet, in this situation, what do we turn to? Well, we turn to science that we have as it relates to seasonal influenza and seasonal flu. So does the science tell us there's anything that has been shown to actually prevent or reduce or help recovery from viral infections in general, viral flu? Right. What else can we do? Like That's if we have it, but can we improve our chances of not getting sick in the first place? 
Right. Prevention and treatment. And again, awareness and avoidance, the yep. social distancing measures and what our public health authorities are telling us very much helps prevent transmission. But are there some other strategies that we can employ? And definitely, at least evidence regarding seasonal influenza, there certainly is. So what would you recommend if I were to call you up or because you're not going to see me in person or are you? Are you seeing people or are you doing video? We're doing mostly phone follow-ups. My wife works a lot in the world of advanced cancer. Ah. So she has a lot of patients that she's doing IV therapies with. Yes. So very select few that she's already been working with for some time. And I mean, yeah, we have some pretty strict measures in place and big separation of physical space. And it's extremely limited. The number of people coming in and out of our office has been reduced over 90%. So if I were to consult with you, what would you tell me to do to prevent me from potentially getting COVID? And again, from where I'm coming from, it's so the evidence is coming from seasonal influenza. And I have to admit, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder here. Why is that? I'm watching a lot of I'm hearing a lot of recommendations for do this for COVID, do this for COVID. First of all, we should not be discussing it in relation to COVID. And you understand where I'm coming from. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then secondly, it's these recommendations that have no human level evidence for helping with anything viral. Right. And so I'm finding that frustrating. Like, hey, we do have some science to guide us here. So let's be a little bit rational about it. So a little bit of a chip, and here we go. The big two, this is a no-brainer. They're really common recommendations from all of my colleagues. So any integrative healthcare provider basically has most of our patients taking the first two things I'm going to discuss anyway. Mm-hmm. They're on the really short list of things that all people should be considered taking anyway. So one of them, I call it the public service announcement, is vitamin D. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's super inexpensive. It costs pennies. And specific data on this for influenza is really powerful. And the researchers aren't dumb, right? They go to what are normally considered higher-risk populations, which are the very young or the elderly. Again, we're talking seasonal influenza. Yep. And they do human studies, vitamin D or placebo, and they look what happens. So you take vitamin D in these higher-risk settings for influenza multiple human studies, 8, 10, show you're going to reduce the risk of getting the flu by about half. Mm-hmm. So pennies a day, you take your vitamin D, your risk of getting the flu is half. And if you get it, duration and severity are also reduced if you're taking the vitamin D. And you're talking about normal dosages, right? We don't have to superdose with vitamin D. We should just be by taking... By no means, yeah. by no means. And I think often mega doses are recommended when it's completely inappropriate. Okay. That's number one. And number two, again, on our really short list of things you would recommend to every, pretty much everybody anyway, is a probiotic. Okay. We hear lots about probiotics in the news. You know, there, there are many available. These are literally live bacteria that inhabit our intestines. I consider it a remarkable little factoid. You have 10 times more bacteria living in your gut than you have cells in your body. Wow. It's a remarkable concept, right? So there's this massive population of various different friendly and non-friendly bacteria, and they intimately interact with us. Notably, they intimately interact with our immune system. So again, multiple human-level studies regarding seasonal influenza that show we go into high-risk 
areas, be it elderly or be it the very young with regards to seasonal influenza, and we start administering probiotics. So independent of vitamin D, we get another about 50% reduction in reduced risk of getting the flu. And again, if you get it, duration and severity are reduced if you're taking a probiotic. I can't tell you how many like parents bring me kids for typically like ADD or mental health issues, right? Mm-hmm. And basic, just general health is take the vitamin D because that also shows benefit in mental health. Take the probiotics, you know, a few other things and off we go. And one of the first things the parent reports is, wow, normally by this time of the school year, my child will have had four colds. They haven't gotten sick yet. Yep. This is a really basic outcome achieved by vitamin D and probiotics. What about lifestyle in terms of prevention? I have some ideas. Do you have any ideas? I do. And I think lifestyle regarding cold and flu, what we're really talking about is about immune rigor, about overall health. Correct. So to me, it's the obvious. And look, in the face of COVID-19, we're starting to hear some of the other costs, that being what happens to the use of vice, right? In times like this, we often see people drink more, people use more recreational drugs. Well, these things are horrible for our immune system, obviously, right? How are we eating? Most cases, in my family's case, it's now all home-cooked meals. It's like the quality of our food has improved because we're home so much. For other people, this may be a time where they're turning to you know, less healthful choices out of stress. So the basics of just keep your health healthy, eat clean meals, and don't go indulge in vice, I, I think those are obvious suggestions. What did you have in mind, Jake? Well, in addition to that, I was thinking, you know, getting a good night's sleep is always a good way to fight off, you know, the bugs, making sure you're getting your rest. And sort of commingled with that is, you know, the better way to get a good night's sleep is to tire yourself out, which means we can't think about social isolation as an excuse not to be physically active. So yes, you may be, you know, stuck in the house, but that doesn't mean you can't go outside for a breath of fresh air. It doesn't mean you can't do a workout in your basement or in your garage or go for a walk as long as you're socially isolating. I think those are important aspects of keeping healthy. I think those are incredibly important points. And thank you, Jane. Sleep especially. Put, put Hang the big, big exclamation point on that sleep deprivation even one night of sleep deprivation of even by a couple of hours directly impairs immunity really to a disturbing magnitude and exercise absolutely i mean we have the time now right most people the excuses there's no time in the day etc we have it it could be as simple as going up and down the stairs in your home a few times or even just picking one step and going up and down, right? Really basic things that make a big difference. And there's all kinds of assistance online to help you. There's video guides on how to do exercises properly. Really, all you need is a clear space and maybe even a mirror so you can watch yourself do the moves and make sure that you're doing it properly. And, you know, with things you can find around the house, you can make makeshift weights and things to help you along the way to do a little bit of resistance training. Absolutely. I love to point out that we don't need to turn people into Arnold Schwarzenegger to get benefits from exercise. No. It's been reproducibly shown as simple as a 20-minute walk per day yep. has profound metabolic and other impacts to the body. So just get moving a bit. Absolutely. So you talked about vitamin D a few minutes ago. Are you referencing that because people are stuck in the house? Like, apropos of my last comment, like if we got outside, would that help? To a modest degree. But guidelines on what blood levels of vitamin D 
should be radically changed. I'm going to say roughly about a decade ago. So we used to say it had to be over 20. Now we say if you're under 20, that is ultra severe vitamin D deficiency. Right. And the new number has to be greater than 75. It's a huge difference, right? It's a yeah. huge change in the way we look at vitamin D. 75 to 225, that's the new range. Essentially, if you live in Canada, it's almost impossible right. to achieve 75 if you're not supplementing. Right. And just to clarify, we haven't said, and what we've implied, is that you get vitamin D by exposure to the sun's rays, which obviously in winter is a problem, but even this time of year is a bit problematic. Right. So generally, that is why, on average, Canadians have lower levels of vitamin D than people in many other parts of the world. Right. It has been suggested to be a partial part of the equation as to why multiple sclerosis rates are among the highest in Canada anywhere they are in the world. Mm-hmm. So generally, Canadians are low in D. It certainly has to do with our weather. And then I have patients that will say, well, it's the summertime, so I stop taking it. Not true. A lot of the studies showing some of the best benefits of vitamin D actually come out of Australia, which is one of the sunniest places in the world. So set dose of vitamin D. Frankly, ideally, you should be measuring it at least once a year. It is fat-soluble. You don't want it to go too high. But standard dose recommendation, like 1,000 IU per day, that really has near zero risk of bringing anybody too high and will, over time, get most people to that 75 level where they need to be. What about people who have underlying conditions that make them more susceptible to getting sick? Maybe they're immune deficient, but there may be other reasons why they get more sick. What would you suggest in those circumstances? I'm glad you brought this concept up because we hear, hey, COVID is being really nasty to the elderly. Yeah. And we just say the statement immunocompromised or vulnerable, and we don't really expand on what that means. Mm -hmm. That is actually a big group of people, too. A really, really, really big group. So it's anyone undergoing cancer treatment, but it goes so far beyond that. Think of any autoimmune disease. The list is really long, right? Your own immune system attacking your own body. Yep. So anyone taking a medication for any autoimmune disease, by definition, the job of that medication is to suppress your immunity. Your immune system is inappropriately attacking your body, so the treatment aims at shutting that down. So if you're on medication for arthritis, and now this is not age-specific, right? If you're on medication for multiple sclerosis, if you're on medication for bowel disease, if you're on asthma medication, any of these settings inherently have you high risk for this situation we find ourselves in. Hmm. So I think we're just brushing off that statement, oh, you know, and vulnerable people. We don't realize that is also a really big subset of our population. Absolutely. And again, those two things we just described, the vitamin D and the probiotic, really are step one of this process. They are on the ultra short list of things I could easily come on your show and you could ask me, hey, what supplements really like are good for kind of everybody? Like, what should we all be thinking of taking? Mm -hmm. Vitamin D and probiotic are at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do for us is, hey, big picture forest for the trees, they quite powerfully reduce risk of seasonal influenza. And if we get it, they then reduce risk of duration and severity. Okay. Is there anything else that can help improve immunity? Yeah, my big third one, and I love this one. I think this one goes unheralded, unchampioned, and it's really great evidence of being antiviral and broad spectrum. Most of its data is for seasonal influenza, but it also has great evidence of being an effective treatment for warts, which is, of course, the human papillomavirus. Right. Being an effective treatment for hepatitis, which is viral infection of your liver. And this is green tea. Huh. 
<laughs> again, super simple. Yes, you can get it in pill form. A lot of the pills are really potent versions. One pill a day in pill form is a really thumping dose. You could certainly also get benefit from drinking green tea. And this for seasonal influenza has shown itself to be even more powerful than the vitamin D and the probiotics. My favorite studies here, there's probably nine or 10 studies of green tea in humans for seasonal influenza. My favorite took nurses. All nurses get the seasonal flu shot, and then they got placebo or green tea through flu season. The likelihood of these nurses getting the flu during that year was reduced over 50%. And this is when they already had the vaccine? Already having flu shot right, for seasonal influenza. And that's the other thing. These studies on influenza are over multiple years. Influenza changes year by year. And all these studies over multiple years are showing effectiveness. Another study just random, and some of the studies go into retirement homes, green tea or placebo. Again, powerful reductions. Collectively, these studies show a 50 to 75% reduced risk of getting seasonal influenza if you're using green tea. And they've used it in many forms. They've used it in pills. They've used it in drinking. One of the studies in nursing homes used the green tea as a gargle. Hmm. Gargling of green tea, powerfully reducing risk of seasonal influenza in retirement community setting. Fantastic. Right? It's awesome stuff. And I love that we're on here because I'm, I'm reading a lot of stuff from peers and whatnot. That's like, where are you coming up with that? That has no human-level evidence for being antiviral. We have things we can turn to that have human-level evidence. If we're going to suggest taking some action, can we at least start with these things that have human-level evidence for seasonal influenza? Fantastic advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, sir. Always a treat. You're going to come back next month, and we're going to discuss reducing stress in challenging times, yes? A very important topic. Fantastic. That was Dr. Philip Rashadis. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll hear how to MacGyver your own home gym on The Tonic. Now, the group travel tidbit brought to you by EF Go Ahead Tours Canada. Experience the world like a local by traveling alongside expert guides who call your destination home. Enjoy authentic meals, immersive sightseeing, and enriching cultural activities. They'll handle all the details. Here's Kate Edge with this week's reason to travel solo but not alone. The focus of group tours is on culture. So you're going to see the places that matter the most and which have the biggest impact on educational content. Also, local guides who speak the language help with the logistical barriers. This allows for greater access to the best sites. This has been your group travel tidbit. For more information, visit goaheadtours.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Stacey Irvine is the co-founder of Totem Life Science. Through her work as a chiropractor and strength and conditioning specialist, Dr. Irvine's clientele ranges from beginners just starting out on an exercise program to elite and professional athletes looking for advanced rehabilitation and training program strategies. She's made several appearances as a fitness expert on CityLine, Canada AM, Global Television Network, City TV, WTN, and is frequently quoted as a fitness expert in Chatelaine, Glow Magazine, More Magazine, Zoomer, and the Toronto Star. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing probably as well as anyone else is during these uh, intense times. <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know what's keeping me going? It's <laughs> keeping my routine the same as much as I can, right? 
Right. Routines are essential at this time. It's tricky to do it. You, you know, the tendency is that you want to sleep in a bit and yep. you stay up a little bit later, kind of. I find the first week this happened, I had such bad sleep hygiene because I was looking at the news headlines right before I went to bed. Oh, which big is, mistake. You yeah. know, one of the worst things you can do, and I know this more than anyone. I've told how many people this. But I couldn't help it. I just felt like I needed to know it was no, my you have, responsibility. You, have to, you, you, you have know. to watch Tiger King and go directly to sleep. <laughs> Tiger King, I love it. Okay. All right. But one of the ways to keep your routine is like if you're somebody who exercises, like you can't use, oh, I'm not going to the gym as an excuse, right? Because I'm a gym guy. I go for the classes. Mm-hmm. And even though I have stuff in my basement, I find it very hard to motivate myself. But yes. we can create a gym, not even a virtual gym, like a real gym in our own house if we really turn our minds to it, yes? It is so easy to do, and it's so important to do. And we are seeing really amazing changes happening all over the world, and with especially related to people working out and how they're making it happen. And then we're also seeing people come together through their workouts. We're, you know, at our company, we're doing a bunch of virtual training. We're doing some Zoom classes, which you mentioned your gym was doing. And, you know, honestly, more than anything, these workouts together, these virtual training sessions have allowed people to connect. But at the same time, because you're exercising while you connect, it's a lot different than sitting and having drinks while you do Zoom, which I know lots of people are doing. That's awesome. But you get the natural endorphin release from doing your workout, you feel really good about yourself after you've done your workout, you've brought your cortisol levels down, which we all need to do, and you've also had a really positive impact on your immunity, which we all need to focus on right now. So I just think it's such a crucial thing that we all need to think about where are we going to do these workouts in our space. Right. Before we get there, you mentioned the Zoom classes. I I think there's some other social media tools that we can use. Like you can download an app that would have an interval timer. So you could do hit classes Mm -hmm. or you could time, you know, I'm going to do push-ups for a minute. You could time it. Yes. If you like the music at your gym, why don't you go to SoundCloud and download some music and create your own playlist to keep you motivated? And if you have to play Eye of the Tiger over five times <laughs> when, you're, when you're doing your sit-ups, so be it. That's a window into your work. No, actually, it? you know, it's not in any one of my playlists, I have to tell you. I agree. Music is very important. There is so much information out there. Here's the one guideline I'm going to give everyone is that with all this workout information overload, we are seeing a higher incidence of injuries. Right. So when you look at the workout that you want to try, I want you to really think about taking time, going at your own pace, feeling free to modify your workouts. In most cases, no one can see you unless it's a Zoom class or something like that. So do your own thing. Really be safe with these workouts. Yeah, because, because there's nobody there to correct your form. So you got to be... There's nobody there to correct you. And you're, sometimes you're home on your own. I don't want anyone to, first of all, get injured. I don't want anyone to overdo it while they're doing these home movements. So try to find someone that looks like they're at a similar fitness level to you, that is doing the style of workout that you like to do, that you're used to doing. Okay, so... This might not be the time to insert like one of those poles into your backyard and try to do the J-Lo move. I was going to say, are you, talking, are you talking stripper poles? Is that what Super you're... Bowl, I mean, sorry. <laughs> it's my Canadian. Super Bowl. Don't try that unless okay. you've done it before. 
All right, I'm getting mental images now. All right, so let's talk about the proper space for working out. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend? I recommend, first of all, a space that you like because if it's down in a dark, dingy room in your basement and you hate the space, you're the not going to do it. You yeah. wanting to go down there is very low. Find a space that you kind of enjoy. Yep. Find a space that has some good lighting to it. And remember, you can push all your furniture to the side. No one's coming over to visit these days. So maybe it's your big dining room or a space like that that's not getting used because you're in isolation. So look for a good space. Look for some good airflow. So maybe a place where you can open a window and have some nice fresh air come in. I also think it's really important to find an indoor space and also find an outdoor space if you can. So your driveway your garage, your backyard, being outside in nature. Thank God it's spring when all this is happening. But being outside in nature is really good for our mental health. It is also really good to help us deal with all those stress hormones. And for many of us working from home, we're spending a lot of hours inside sitting on our computers. So I love that for your workout, that might be the time that you take a break and go outside. That's a great advice because I actually have two areas where I work out at home and one of them is outside. Good. But for the space indoors, do you have any recommendations as to surfaces or anything like that? You want it to be fairly, like if it can be cushioned a bit, that's great. So if you can, you know, a carpet, because assuming that you're going to be standing up and lying down, even if you just have the option of a hard floor and a mat, that's great. You don't want it to be very slippery. We recently did a home gym in our basement, which I can send you some pictures of that. We put turf down. It's really inexpensive. Oh, what a great idea. It looks good, right? So all of a sudden now that's become our workout space. So we put up some great lighting and we put turf down and I went and got four of those really inexpensive mirrors from Ikea. And I have to say it looks like a real gym. Mirrors? are underrated. I mean, yeah. having a mirror, you can see, am, am mm-hmm. I leaning forward when I'm squatting? Mm-hmm. Am I, is my back straight when I'm doing a uh, plank, you know, like, or am I, am I up on, um, is my bum up in the air? Like if you can't have somebody there to correct you, you know, you can do an eye test and see if you're actually doing the exercises correctly. I think a mirror is really important and we know that we can order them online and so you could have it delivered to your house. So for your indoor workouts, I really recommend having a mirror. It also kind of helps you get motivated. Yeah. Music in the mirrors are great for motivation. So I think that that's a really wonderful idea. So not everybody has equipment at home. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually do, but a lot of people don't. So yes. we can talk about, we'll leave to the very end, like what are some cheap things to buy that you can order online? But if you're not inclined to do that, what are some of the things that you can use as workout equipment that you may have around the house? This is such a great question because even if you could buy this stuff, so much of it is not available. That's okay. the problem we're dealing with. Because so everybody, everybody's on the same wavelength. Got everybody's it. doing it. So everything is sold out. Okay. All across the city here, everything is sold out. We're having tons of people struggling with finding equipment. You could check with your local gym, too, if you, if you are deciding that you need some equipment. Because what we've been doing is kind of loaning some things out. Oh, that's great. And we have a few things still, like some of the rubber bands and all that kind of stuff, still available for sale. But it's not easy to find right now. So okay. let's talk about 
about what you can use in your house. For weights, I like the idea of water bottles. Mm-hmm. You need them anyhow, and lots of us have them around, and when they're filled up full with water, they are generally heavy enough, and you could get them up to a kind of a five-pound situation. And they're made to be held in the hand. So they're they kind are. Of, so they're, they're shaped or, to your hand, so they, they tend to work quite well. If you find them too light, what you need to do is just add more reps. Change the exercise up a bit and add more reps. So, you know, choose something where you know you're going to do at least 20, 25 reps. And by that time, any weight, even if it just weighs like five pounds, it's going to start to feel heavy. And you can always weigh what your mm-hmm. water bottle is ahead yep. of time, right? Just put yeah, it on the scale. Just use your home scale. Yeah, it totally works. So water bottles are great. Another really interesting thing that I've seen is you take a backpack or your kid's backpack or a gym bag mm-hmm. and you fill it with heavy books. Mm-hmm. Or if you're being ambitious, you could go get some pea gravel if you want it to be quite heavy. And you just stick that bag inside the other bag or the books inside the bag. And then you can use that for some of your heavier lifting. So things like squats and step-ups and lunges, because a backpack's wonderful, you can just throw it over your shoulders. Okay, you're talking about wearing it as a backpack, though? You could. But you don't want to get back problems, though, do you? No, you don't want to get back problems. So just kind of decide, like, how heavy it is. You can wear it on the front, too. You can wear it backwards. Okay. I've heard people using, like, cans of tomatoes or Mm -hmm. even bags of rice as weights. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I honestly think anything goes in this situation. But again, be safe. Try to be comparable to the weights that you were used to using. Don't use it as a time to totally say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to the next level right away. I'm going to lift these really heavy things. I don't want you to do that. I want you to always be safe. Less is more. Yep. And we want to build these things up gradually. For many people, they're doing a lot more workouts than they normally do. The stairs in your house, if you even have two steps going up, the edges of the stairs are great for things like calf raises and step-ups and, you know, helping you with kind of like a more dynamic type of a lunge. That works wonderful. Or in between reps of strength work, you could just go up and down your stairs so that you're going to get a little bit of cardio. I also like the idea of a dowel. Sometimes they're great for just stretching and, you know, helping your body get into some good positions. And maybe you want to just have it sitting on your shoulders when you do your squats, just so that you are imitating that technique that you normally do. And again, I think those are like $5 at a Home Depot or something like that. A broomstick would work, and there's lots of interesting things that exercise that you can do. And again, sometimes those are more in the stretching, but we use broomsticks a lot for rehab, and you could find a bunch of exercises on YouTube that would use a broomstick. Fantastic. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. You're going to come back next month, and you're going to discuss pre- and post-home workout protocols, yes? Yeah, I am. I'm very excited. That was uh, Stacey Irvine. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll hear how to create a dine-out experience at home on The Tonic. Wayne Elliott here to share my great experience over the past 20 years with Strauss Heart Drops. If you've had bypass surgery, stents, have angina, diabetes, cold hands and feet, grayish blue lips or skin, I urge you to try Strauss Heart Drops and feel better again soon. Strauss Heart Drops saved my life and thousands of others without risk or harm. Go to straussnaturals.ca to order online or find a store near you. I promise you won't be sorry. I hope you give this to yourself. Thank you. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. 
Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Carolyn Tanner-Cohen is the owner and founder of Delicious Dish Cooking School in Toronto. She's been teaching cooking classes for 17 years. She has a science background which edifies her interest in health and fueling the body with foods that will optimize health. Carolyn teaches people how to meal plan, eat healthy, cook with natural whole foods, and organize their kitchen. She teaches new cooks, seasoned cooks, university students who are living on their own for the first time, nannies, housekeepers, and everyone in between. For more information about Carolyn, you can visit deliciousdish.ca. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, Jamie. How are you? Good. We're all holding up. We are holding up. Hasn't been easy, but it's been okay. So here's the thing. I cook most nights in any yep. event. I usually work from home. So for me, preparing all the food is not a big deal, and I'm, and I'm cool with that. But... After preparing the food the whole week, what I like to do is go out on the weekend. So, the, sure. so the social distancing, that is impacting my weekend go-out vibe. So I thought you could come on the show today and we could discuss how to create the dine-out experience in the home. What do you think about okay. that? I think it's great. And actually, I cook a ton also, but I, li- I cook for other people. But I like to entertain for myself and family uh, and friends on the weekends. And I also like to go out, but I do do home entertaining a lot for myself. So this is perfect. Okay. So the number one way, we'll get to your specialty in a second, but there are a number of local restaurants who are really yes. struggling. And yeah. my good friend Vito at Seven Numbers is one. He's a frequent guest on the show. He has takeout now. So I'm saying to all those people out there who want to eat restaurant food, you know, the easiest way would be to take in from a restaurant that you wouldn't normally think of. My friends at Uffizio also have specials. Go support them if you're in Toronto. Even once a week, it makes a difference. Yes, but even if you're doing takeout, Jamie, there is a way to make this feel like it's a Saturday night out. So So whether you're cooking or whether you're taking out, the idea of having a Saturday night in is the same. Okay, so how do we do that? Okay, so first of all, try to make at least once a week a little bit different than the rest of the week. So, for instance, I had my anniversary last weekend. So, congratulations! Set, thank you. I set the dining room table. I dimmed the lights a little bit, and my kids were running around, but uh, not running around because they're much older. But they were around, and if they wanted to join, they were more than welcome to. But I still made it different. So, I dimmed the lights. I set the table much nicer than I would normally make during the week. Did you break out the fancy paper napkins? I did. I, I did. <laughs> I actually put cloth napkins, Jamie. Good for you. We were only four. I didn't really care. I actually got dressed. Yeah, I was so going to say, did you get gussied up? Yeah. I put on some makeup. Yeah. I put on better clothes than I've been wearing in my sweats all week yeah. or my leggings. So I actually put on a nicer top. I put on a little bit of music. I had a soundtrack going. Yeah. So I had a little playlist on my phone that I put on my music. So so what did you do? Did you did you create a whole new soundtrack or I didn't because I have one that I really like, but I know that you're a music guy, so yeah. you probably would do that, right? Well, you know, I used to teach spin classes, so you know, every week I'd have to come up with a new playlist. Now, the music you would play in a spin class is not the same for a dinner, but you know what? 
when you go to a restaurant, you may not be aware of it, but most of them are piping in music that sort of yeah. creates an ambiance or mood. So the easiest totally. way to, to create that ambiance is to put on some really cool background music. And you can make yeah. a project out of it. You know, don't just play your favorite songs. Go to SoundCloud, go to iTunes, speak to your kids, find out what's new and exciting and different, and put and together make- a playlist. Yeah, you could even order like a Sonos or something on the internet if you don't already have one. You play it through your house. And the other, th- the other thing is, you know, when you go out, you're probably going to have a drink, right? Oh, yes. So, For sure. So, you know, I think it's okay to, you know, I don't have to tell people it's okay to drink at home. But, you know, it's okay to drink at home. Maybe make a special cocktail or something, you know? Yes. You, look, you're not driving. Right. So you could actually have a cocktail before dinner starts get the mood rolling, yep. and then ha- open up a nice bottle of wine during dinner, for sure. Right. Or cannabis, Jamie. Yes. You know, it's an appetizer enhancer. It's yep. a little bit of an aphrodisiac. Could be a great thing to do. Turn off your phone and turn off the TV. Yes. Great, right, because we're always on Instagram or we're always on some form of social media. Our phones are ringing. Everybody's on it. Turn it off. The other thing I'm doing in the future for next Saturday night, which could be a really good idea if you don't want to do takeout or even if you do want to do takeout, is you do a Zoom potluck dinner. So I've done this before, and it's a really great idea. So let's say you want to get together with two other, three other couples on a Saturday night that you normally would do. How about decide that all six or eight of you are going to get together on Zoom or over social media or even FaceTime works? and have a potluck dinner. So I prepare enough main course for eight people. You prepare enough uh, side dish for eight people. And then we drop off portions at each other's homes. No social contact. Keep the social distance, but drop off the food. And then you could discuss. It's kind of like a gourmet party, right? So you know those when people bring in the food? You could still do that. Then you could discuss. You could have a theme, discuss the food that you're eating and have a social media or live, you know, internet live potluck dinner. We used to do the gourmet potluck dinners when the kids were really young. And it, yeah. it, it was fun. It was a fun thing to do if you haven't done it and you want to socialize. So for those who don't know, Zoom is an app. It, it allows you to live video stream multiple people. It's free. And you can see people. It's like having FaceTime on your phone, but you're not using phone time. You're using, you know, the interweb. <laughs> To connect with people. So it's actually a very convenient way to socially connect over a meal. So that's a great idea. Yeah. In fact, I had a little dinner get together with my whole family, my extended family. So we were like nine or 10 screens on the computer all at once. We never do that. So it's actually was quite nice that people are making more of an effort to see their friends and family over the internet than they would normally do. Right. And if your family members are bugging you, you just mute them, which you can't do in person. So. No, it's actually really good. But you know what? The big thing is, Jamie, if you want your food to taste a little bit upscale for the week, maybe we should talk a little bit about how to make that food a little bit more restaurant style. The truth of the matter is when you go out to a restaurant, they are using far more butter and cream and fats to make, you know, salt and flavor enhancers to make everything taste good. And And ingredients. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's a lot of butter and cream that goes into stuff. And, you know, you don't see it because you're not you're not in the kitchen, obviously, when you're going to the restaurant. So I would say this. If you're trying to do restaurant style, you know, one easy way to do it is up the fat content just for one night. And I know I'm a health and wellness guy, but truthfully, your restaurants are using way more fat than you are. More about how it looks on the plate Big and deal. what yep. place you're serving on. So, for instance, let's say on a Tuesday night you're serving a piece of fish and a potato and a broccoli. It's in three sections or four sections on your plate. 
try serving it a little bit different. So maybe I'm going to make a steak this Saturday night with a little bit of a mashed potato and asparagus. Right? So maybe I'll put the mashed potato underneath the steak, put the asparagus leaning on the mashed potato, and then the steak sort of angled on the side. And maybe the steak is sliced up into slices as opposed to just a hunk of meat just sitting on the plate. And then the plate is actually in like a more of a 3D or elevator or tower, looks more fancy upscale, and plate it in the kitchen and bring it out to the dining room table. So all the mess is left in the kitchen, and you're on the dining room table, and you're eating it like that. And wipe down the plates and fan out yes. the meat. And if you're serving a steak and it's got a cap, you trim the cap, and you you make it look you imagine that you're actually going to photograph it for Instagram. Like if you're at a restaurant right. and you're, you're going to be like one of those foodie for people sure. that, that, you know, takes shots of their food. Why don't you make your food so that you can take a shot of it on Instagram? Absolutely. And maybe make a little bit of a showstopper dessert. Maybe put it in individual portions. Like instead of making an apple crisp in a big nine by 11 or whatever you normally make it in, make it in smaller ramekins and serve everybody their own with a little bit of a dollop of ice cream on the top. Yeah. You know what makes it restaurant special? When you have sauces. Do you have ideas for sauces for your steak? Oh, sauces, yes. So I love making a chimichurri, which is actually on my website. You could find it right on the website. I have a great recipe, and that's deliciousdish.ca. A great recipe for steak, potatoes, chimichurri, all in one pan. But then you could serve it pretty on a plate. And it's basically parsley, garlic, red pepper flakes, olive oil, and vinegar. There's not a lot of ingredients to it. And if you fan out your steak, like you were saying, drizzle with the chimichurri over the smashed or roast or roasted or mashed potatoes and a little bit of a veg, you really have a beautiful meal. Mm-hmm. What about for your crisps or your other desserts? What kind of sauces would you go with there? You know, you, you can make like a little bit of creme anglaise. So normally what I do is I don't really fuss so much with the sauce, but I do get a couple really nice, interesting gelatos or sorbets, and I maybe I'll serve a trio of a sorbet on the side or a trio of gelato on the side, or you could just buy creme anglaise from the grocery store or, of course, look for a delicious recipe online. But there's no need to go crazy and outside your comfort zone. I've got an idea. If people have a crisper, like baked fruit or something like that, that they're trying to do a composed dessert, the easiest thing to do is to get some mascarpone. Everybody, mispr- oh, yeah. everybody mispronounce it. They call it mascarpone, but it's actually mascarpone yeah. cheese. Yeah. And if you whip it up with, let's yeah. say, you could put cinnamon or cocoa powder, a little bit of sweetener. Um, icing sugar. Icing sugar, yep. You've got a quick sauce that is kind of stabilized because the cheese itself has body. Absolutely. Or if you're trying to keep it low, you could even just do a little bit of thick Greek yogurt drizzled with a little bit of honey. That's a great idea. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're so welcome, Jamie. Be healthy. You as well. You're going to come back next month and we're going to discuss mood-boosting foods, yes? Yes, for sure. Fantastic. That was Carolyn Tanner-Cohen. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll find out about yoga and social connectedness on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. 
For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of The Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest is local yogi Jody Fishstein. She's a mixed-lineage yoga teacher who loves the many aspects of Ashtanga, Prana Flow, Vinyasa, and Yin Yoga. For Jody, being a mother of four opened the gates to empathy. With the practice of deep listening, she's better able to understand her yoga community. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, good afternoon, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. So you wrote a very interesting article about uh, connectedness and the yoga community for the latest issue of Tonic Magazine. And I thought it would be great to bring you on the show to discuss it. And it's still relevant, even though we are not congregating. We're not supposed to, right? There's still ways of creating that connectedness through yoga. Yes? Absolutely. It's such, a, it's such irony that we covered an, um, a topic like that given it's even more relevant now. Yeah, I was prescient, perhaps not in a good way. You know, I I suggested that's where we go with this. (laughs) And it turned out to be something that we needed probably more now than ever. And I think that's because there's so many people that suffer from loneliness and isolation in general, like not even in this context of where we're at now. I think, you know, feeling lonely, we're, we're all going to experience it. And I think when I experience it, you know, I remember how it feels and I can recognize it in others. And I think that just one gesture of kindness goes such a long way, at least in the yoga community. It can make someone's day or someone's week. So knowing that, you know, I'm always making sure that everyone feels um, like they're part of something, especially at the studio. And, and now, even as we're streaming online, I make sure we all feel connected and comfortable. So what are you doing now? Are you still conducting classes? What are you doing? Well, you know, I'm an amateur when it comes to online streaming. So what I do is pajama flow. Okay. I wake up, pajamas, coffee, whoever wants, you know, um, a very clinical and professional practice. There's so many fantastic teachers doing this. Mine's a little more casual where, you know, it's not as structured, but my aims are to make people feel good, you know, mentally, physically, you know, and to show up just as they are. Like that's sort of the thing about yoga, right? It's not like just going to a gym. There's a real sense of community within a yoga practice is what I find. I agree with you completely. I think um, everyone's going to find their little uh, niche or wherever they really fit in well. It could be above and beyond yoga. It could be a Star Trek convention. It, it doesn't matter where it is, but when I go to the community, I view it as uh, my living room. It's always, for me, casual, comfortable, and welcoming. And I really want to hit those three points. And after that, of course, you know, within the context of yoga, we want safety. We want alignment. We want goals to be achieved. If they're setting goals, I think that's important for inspiration. So, but really, I noticed that when we're in a more comfortable learning environment, we tend to excel. I think that's true. And I think it's an opportunity, I think, to sort of take our minds off of what may be preying on them, right? You know, like I know... Uh, if I'm busy doing an activity like a hit class or, or whatever it is, weightlifting or just keeping myself active, even on a walk, it's a way to clear the mind as well. Yeah. 
Exactly. And also, we're not trying to change anybody. When I say show up as you are, so let's just say some people are coming to me and they have incredible goals or they want to do a handstand at all costs or a backbend. I'm going to help them get there. And, you know, there's no judgment around that. Whatever the goal is for the time, it's a momentary goal. I'm going to help them achieve it. If they're coming just to talk, that that small talk is really the most important thing of the class, which quite often is, then they're going to have that with me as well. So, you know, luckily for me, you know, I have the personality that's slightly extrovert. I, I enjoy... You know. ...by talking to us. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, some people say, aren't you tired? I'm like, no, I'm energized more so than ever. I can tell you what will exhaust me is walking by myself, ruminating in my head. That's exhausting. Okay, so how do you deal with that? What are the tools that yoga gives you to get out of that headspace? Well, you know, it depends on the personality. And again, showing up as you are, an introvert will feel super energized walking around the city alone and feel recharged or meditation. And they're going to be naturally inclined to go down that path, whereas some, or I'll use myself as an example, it could be a challenge. That being said, I don't want to stick people with labels of extrovert, introvert. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that even the introvert at times will feel alone at home. And I have friends right now who are under quarantine, like we all are, that are alone or single. And they're highly productive and their career um, really feeds them. And right now they're home and they feel a little bit isolated. So, you know, I've been talking to some of my friends who are single or divorced and, you know, I'm getting a lot of tears. And I think that's okay. Just let it all out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting, getting parents who are depleted, really, really depleted and nothing left to give. So, you know, there's this whole spectrum. And then there's our parents or my parents who are in their 70s who don't really want to break their routine. Yeah. So, you know, we have this whole spectrum of personalities. I'm an extrovert, so my lines are open. People are calling me more so than ever. I mean, I'm sure for you as well. You know, the, the strange thing is I am actually an introvert. People don't think of me that way at all. Technically, I'm an omnivert. I can be in front of an audience and people would think I'm an extrovert, but I actually get my energy from being on my own. So- well, because you're intellectual too. So there's a beginning, a middle, and end for you being on. You know you're going to be on. You're going to excel at being on, but then you're going to go off, right? Exactly. So that's fantastic. And that's the way we all function. You know, I think I'm a little more on than not on. But, you know, I think what we're doing in the yoga community right now is there's a lot of amazing teachers around the world. But specifically to speak to Toronto, I'm seeing a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends are yoga teachers. They're streaming some incredible content. Some is stellar and some is like mine, super amateur in pajamas. I think whatever rocks your boat. So I think supporting these teachers right now, because they're all freelance. So I think it's important that they stay, you know, somewhat working, somewhat streaming. Some of these teachers are asking for small donations. Some, like me, Pajama Flow, are doing it for free, considering that some people have a lot of anxiety about resources right now. So I don't mind streaming it for free, but I totally uh, can respect the teaching community that would like to do this by donations, you mm-hmm. know, which aren't extravagant. But, you know, if it helps keep a yoga studio afloat or a yoga teacher paying their rent, then I'm 100% supportive of that. Other than the studio sort of reaching out or the individual teachers reaching out to either on social media or, or you know, through Zoom or, or various other means, other than the classes, there are other sort of yogic things that can be done, right? Like mindfulness and, and meditation come Absolutely. to mind. Absolutely. I think guided meditation or simply as long as we're still able to walk freely, you know, a nice walk with with a loved one or alone is walking meditation. 
which I can do because I find it really relaxing just to walk with one other person. Like I said, it's hard for me to walk alone, but walking quietly with someone right next to me is some of the best meditation I've experienced. As a matter of fact, I did that last night with a with one of our family members at 10 o'clock at night, just quietly walking through a very empty city. And I felt more relaxed and calm than I have in a long time. So I don't think we must sit still and force ourselves to sit on a bolster and just stare at the wall in order to get grounded. I think walking meditation has to be put out there as well, right? Okay. You know, it doesn't have to be you sitting still and your back is aching. You could be lying down. Some beautiful teachers who also do guided meditation and soft music in the background that honestly has been heaven for me. Who are you referring to? If people were reaching out and trying to find these yogis, where would they go? Well, a lot of them are streaming through the studio that I teach at. That's 889 uh, Yoga and Wellness. Mm -hmm. So basically what we're trying to do is these teachers, they're streaming at home independently. And they're also streaming on live in the community. So the the members of the studio that we're at, they can keep their membership going and they can stream the classes or download them. So there's like an archive of classes. And so I took advantage of that and I started streaming some of these classes and I was like shocked that I found them extremely relaxing and fun because I'm not really an online student. It's hard for me to focus. But now because we are isolated, you know, online learning is becoming very reasonable. Online meditation guided for me has been very successful. So I'm open to it now. Maybe a month ago, I would have a completely different opinion. So it's nice to learn that I can, you can teach an old dog some new tricks here. (laughs) Well, and for this old dog as well, other than mindfulness and, and meditation, I think Part of what I like about yoga and putting it in the community is is sort of the way people express themselves. There's sort of a poetry, mm-hmm. a language of yoga, as it were, you know? Yes, I agree. And there's an art of language in law, as you well know. I know you're a lawyer. Yep. And there is a language in yoga, too. And I think that one of the like dictums, if there was one, was affirmation. Affirmation is so important and to encourage people, you know, to do the best that they can. And the way we structure language is very uplifting. It doesn't mean that we're always shiny, happy people. We can talk about any issue and, you know, understand that there's highs and lows in a day and in a person, there's shadows and there's brightness, but really to still structure language more in a positive frame such as no negation, if possible. Like we can say, oh, don't ever do this. Or we can say, why don't you try that? So it's not like I'm trying to be shiny and happy, but there is a way to speak to people that keeps people open-minded, at least in my class, ready to take chances and to try things and to feel like, you know, what we're trying to cultivate, which is a safe space, because sometimes we're apprehensive about new yoga classes or, or like you say, a hit class. And sometimes that affirmation that we set for ourselves can help or the teacher can help you with that. So in yoga, we help our students identify some of their hidden talents, you know, that, that daring to dream, you know, to envision new and great things for yourself, to try things that you normally would say, oh, no, that's not for me, to assume it's not for you. But when, in fact, so many things are open to us now. I agree. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jamie. It's always wonderful to speak with you. Wishing you and your family lots of good health and happiness. To you as well. Namaste. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Dr. Philip Rochadas, ND, Dr. Stacy Irvine, Carolyn Tanner-Cohen, and Jody Fishstein. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. 
You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll bust immunity myths. We'll discuss fighting stress while in isolation and relationships during lockdown. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.